We are two best friends talking about life inside and outside of the gym as women, daughters, sisters, aunties, coaches, and friends. We will tackle topics ranging from the nervous system, divorce, body image, and dating in your 40s. We also like to nerd out on the inner workings of the heart, mind, and body. All content, opinions, and ideas are taken from our 47 years of combined coaching experience and is not medical advice. We don't apologize for being strong or believing we can change the world. We don't take ourselves too seriously around here, and we invite you to do the same. Okay. We are recording. We are recording. We really are recording. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the Dear Life I'm In podcast. I am Chantel Dayton. And I am Lou Crenshaw. And we are so glad that you're here. Thank you for joining us. We are finally moving into part five of what was going to be a one-part podcast. (laughs) Joke's on us. Ten hours later, oh my gosh, we're wrapping it up, folks. It's so crazy how long it's been. It's been so long, mm-hmm. but really great. Mm-hmm. But we definitely do get text messages, and we definitely do get Instagram messages asking us when is the next episode coming out. <laughs> now we just got our own like podcast equipment, so maybe we'll start busting out some more podcasts on the regular. Mm-hmm. And maybe. I feel super official right now because I'm wearing headphones. I am not. You're not. I know. I feel like you're left out slightly. I do not feel left out at all because those headphones, they hurt my ears and they hurt the tops of my head. <laughs> so It's actually really helpful to um, feel, like, not feel, hear really how loud I am when I'm really close like this. Or when I'm really far away like this. So how does it sound? Um, really close and really far away. <laughs> no, but for real, how no, does it, it sound? It sounds great. Sound good? Great. Yeah. I feel like awesome. I might have a little bit of an echo, but that might just be because You're I'm wearing, wearing headphones. headphones. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see what the I feedback is. I might be is. hearing my voice out loud and my voice in my ear. I know. So I'm like, okay, do I need to? Yeah. All right. If I took one ear off. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I feel, I feel like I'm all right. I feel yeah. like it's okay. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. So we are, we're wrapping up um, the stakes. We're r- wrapping up like our stakes, the pillars. We've been interchanging those words. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause we started with stakes. Cause that's really where uh, the theme of our teachings were going. And the, um, I'm going to say like, it is like the analogy, right? That yeah. was really easy to picture a tent with stakes and the tent being yeah. your life and the stakes holding down and and keeping... if you're like i have no idea what you're talking about you could go back to the core pillars part one yep and hear more of the story of that mm-hmm. and then listen to part one two three and now oh wait and four and five yeah is this yep. six no this will be part five part five but the six i think the sixth i don't know podcast. part four Listen to us. I have no idea, actually. I swear, we really, we're really good at what we do. And, <laughs> but um, sometimes the things that we have to do, which is keep track of certain things, we're not so great at. Not so great at. No. No, no. But the bills do get paid, which is Yeah, helpful. they do. Thank goodness for automatic withdrawal. 
<laughs> Speaking of that, rent probably needs to go out today. Today. Yep. Yep. Yes. Very, very. Although very I'm looking true. at my watch and it says that it's October 25th. Which is not true. It is definitely, definitely not November true. It 2nd. It is November. Which is wild. Yep. Yeah. Uh, creeping up on the, the holiday season. I know. It was, I was driving to work this morning at 745 mm-hmm. and it was rainy and it was dark. Yeah. Not super dark, but people's headlights were still on while we were driving. It felt like it was 6 a.m. Mm, I know. Man. I'm not, I'm not ready. I have layers on. I have a thermal and a sweatshirt and a little jacket. I don't know what yeah, you call it. Yeah, it's a this jacket. Thing. Yeah, it's, it's cute. Like a, it's a thin. It is cute. It's very cute. Yeah, I have this cute on. That's what we'll call it. I have this cute on. This cute on. Um, yeah, six a.m. this morning uh, in class. It was when they came in. It was dark, and when they left, it was dark. And it just feels like now that it's rainy and definitely a fall day, it feels like you want to be inside all day. But then it also feels like I used to work in the mall. And I never knew what time it was unless I looked at my watch. Yeah. And because there were no windows. And so it looked like the same time all day long. And oh, it kind yeah. of reminds me of like mall weather mm. is what in like my head. Mall weather. It's just so weird. <laughs> I know. It's so weird to think about that. But it is. It's like, like it's, cookie it connection it feels, and soup. It feels like the same time all day long. Yeah, I could agree with that. And that time is about... Nap time. <laughs> it's about uh, like 4.30. Cozy on the couch time. Yeah, well, I guess not even 4.30, maybe 5.30 or 6. Like 6 o'clock. Yeah. Mm, okay. Okay, just changing lives over here, folks, talking about the weather and what it feels like outside. <laughs> I actually have not drank any coffee today. I was running very late this morning, even though... Do you guys ever... You have so much time that you have way too much time and then you run out of time and then are almost late because mm-hmm. you had so much time in the morning that was this morning mm-hmm. for me yeah and then i was looked at the clock it was seven forty-five. i had a client at the gym at eight o'clock and i had not made any coffee and so i mean i drink decaf so i'm not i'm not like oh my gosh i need coffee <laughs> i just really miss my little cup of coffee in the morning mm-hmm. well you can drink some of mine if you want that's right it doesn't it's, have any cream in it no i like the cream black. in my coffee I know you do. okay so what are we talking about today we are talking about celebration mm. and establishing or discussing why celebration is so important i um, mean when we're talking about this we are saying that it is a pillar Mm-hmm. And our pillars, our ideas that we are saying are the products of necessity for every human soul. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that so, feels kind of weird to say that, that, that it's a product of necessity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I also think that celebration is one of those things that you actually get to like all of all of our pillars have a pulse. And this is I even got this picture because I knew we were going to be talking about this today. And the pillars are or the pulse is rather it's like it's this give and take. 
right? Pillar it's like a pulse. Pillar with a pulse. It is the um, the breath. Mm-hmm. It's the heartbeat, right? Mm-hmm. So, in order for there to mm-hmm. be something that pulls in, right, there has to be something that's let out. Mm. Like there just has to be. Otherwise, you'll get this expansion, this stretching, this you're reaching your capacity, and you are going to not necessarily explode, but you think about that. And if all you do is inhale, it's not going to work. If yeah. all you do is exhale, it's not going to work. It requires... Or all you do is contract or all you do is relax. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it requires this this pulse, this like even just like what you mimic, that boom, 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 boom. Could you hear that in your headphones? Boom, boom, boom. boom. I could hear it. Oh, oh, oh. oh, yeah. I feel it sounds really cool. Um. And so we do it in our breath and then we need to do it in relationship Mm. and we need to do it even in how we engage with the world. And you look at this act of celebration and I really do believe that it is the depth of it. Well, well, actually the, the definition of it, let's just start there. Would you like to tell us the definition, Lou? Yeah. Well, and when we say definition, we mostly just mean the definition that we came up with as we started building these these things and which um we would like to also note that we feel like uh is a better definition than the dictionary (laughs) in our humble opinion in our humble opinion chantelle has very very many humble opinions i do i do so celebration when we sat down and really looked at it and why it was important for ourselves and for the people around us Uh, we came up with this uh, concept that celebration is a lifestyle of turning the attention from self. So a lifestyle of turning the attention from self to delightfully honor, bless, and speak well of others. Mm. And now in all of our pillars, they have, um, as you said, they have a pulse, they've got an in, they've got an out, they've got a taking in and a letting go. And so as we're talking about celebration, we're, we really are pondering the questions, do I celebrate people? And then do I allow other people to celebrate me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's interesting too, because even at the the end of our six week camp that we did, we would have the ladies celebrate each other. And it was such a tender moment, um, very emotional, really, when one woman would sit up front and have the class that she had been working with and next to um, for the six week period, let her know that they saw her basically. And when you really think about that, it's it's pretty powerful in the sense that is like, we're not talking about like, oh girl, like your shoes are cute and I really like your hair. I mean, those things are, are great, right? But, or your, your outfits are always spot on. But what happened was girls were able to really call out what they saw in this woman as her person. So meaning like she's 
working out and she's fighting for herself. She maybe breaks down and cries, but comes back in or she um, lets out a yell for the first time when she's kicking and punching or the way in which she trusts herself. Uh, so I, I feel like we we have this ability to see people when we realize how this person makes us feel in a sense that is, I feel very capable when I'm around this person, like their, their belief in themselves makes me wonder, Oh man, like it's contagious. It is. It's contagious. And, and so some women do it without even knowing that they're, when they are fighting for themselves, when they are just present, when they're being themselves, how impactful that is for the women that are around, you know, the ones that are watching. And so it's so incredible to see when one woman is sitting up front, the other women say, man, when you showed up to class, I felt safe. Or when you showed up to class, I felt like everything was going to be okay. Or when you chose me one day to be my partner, you pushed me just simply by being yourself. Yeah. And it was things like that, or your laugh was so contagious, or the way you ask questions um, really gave me the courage to ask questions. Can I say something to what you're yeah. saying right now? Yeah. So the thing that's so interesting is you're talking about, you know, when you did this and when you did this and when you said this and when you asked this question and, and, but then there's also the flip side of there would be women who sat up there and you knew that over the six weeks they were afraid to be seen. Mm -hmm. They were afraid to be known. They were afraid to be heard. They were afraid to fail. They were afraid to look strong. They were afraid to say, what if? Mm -hmm. And you could feel a wrestle in the room when trying to celebrate a woman who she, she hid out of fear of being seen. Mm -hmm. She hid out of not feeling safe in being seen mm -hmm. or the narrative is that people aren't safe, that the world isn't safe, that, you know, a big group of women doesn't feel safe, which can be absolutely true. Mm -hmm. It wasn't true of any one of our tribes in the entire time that we did that. And I just, it, it's just when you were saying that, it really is the space where we affect people when we allow ourselves to be seen, mm -hmm. when we allow ourselves to fail, when we allow ourselves to say what if, when we walk into a room and we look people in the eye or we laugh or we cry or we get a little messy or we get a little loud because we're finding our power mm -hmm. um, and how precious that is and how us doing that affects other people. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. when we show up, fully in all of the things, not just, you know, wow, I loved how you did every movement perfectly yeah. through the six weeks. Yeah. That's not showing up. Yeah. 
right? No. That's protection, that's fear, that's anxiety, whatever that whatever that looked like in needing to do everything perfect. But you never heard any woman show up and say, wow, I just, I really loved the way that you never made a mistake. Mm-hmm. And you never, you know, you were always quiet and mm-hmm. you never showed anyone that you were ever struggling. Mm-hmm. Like that just, that's not... We can think that that's the way that we need to live and that that's the safest way to live, but it really doesn't affect other people. We Mm -hmm. don't, we are not affected by other people. I am not affected by you when you hide. Mm -hmm. I'm not affected by you when you deny that your heart is feeling something. I am not affected by you when you pretend that something is that's not. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's very true. And it's such an interesting thing to watch happen you know when you have 20 women in a tribe and they're all like going up there they're all being celebrated and then also it's interesting to see how people or what people look for in other people or how they because often we will tell people something about themselves that we want to want to hear about ourselves right like um or you're looking at them and saying like, oh, I wish I had these things. So it doesn't necessarily come from jealousy, but it looks at like, oh, these are the things that I really like about them. And I wish that I had those things. And this is why I like them so much. Right. So there's like this interesting dynamic when you listen to a woman who is celebrating another woman and then also listening to the woman who is being celebrated or even just watching them and how they receive because we don't let them rebut which yeah. is often we had a lot of rules to that. We did. Like <laughs> we um, only had to make the rules because of all the questions that got asked. Yeah. <laughs> and so like one of them was like Lou um give <laughs> Lou give me a compliment. <laughs> wow, Chantel. Wait, am I giving you a good compliment? Like am I giving yeah. you a superficial or like, compliment or No, am I- not superficial. Um I mean it can be anything. Oh my gosh, Chantel, you are so punny. I loved when you told stupid dad jokes. Oh, well, you know what? It's really not a big deal because I get this calendar and every morning I just read the calendar. And so it's really not a right. And so things like that or my dad, I just get it from my dad. It's it's you know, it is what it is. And so so then we instead of just saying thank you and receiving because it's not actually fun when you give somebody a compliment and then they like try to tell you why you shouldn't have complimented them. It kind of makes you not want to do it again. Yeah. And it also isn't great for you either. Hey, yeah. You know, it doesn't make them want to compliment you again. And you never let it, let anything land. Yeah, you never let it. And that is where, that's the pulse of this. So often we will give, I know someone who compliments people all the time. And when you compliment her, it's just kind of like, oh, instead of like, oh, thanks. You know, I was listening to something the other day and it was basically on like how to receive a compliment and um, tell us how it's done. Yeah. And it really is. And he had mentioned, um, put your hand on your heart and just say, thank you. Mm. You can accompany it by a sound. Give me a compliment. Lou, you inspire people every day you step into the gym. Mm. Thank you. Yeah, you just put your hand on your heart Hmm. and you just receive it. Didn't that feel good? (sighs) Yeah, it was like regulating. (laughs) Yeah. 
You're just like, whoa, because if you take a second to like let it absorb, let it land. And then what happens is then there's like a connection between you and I too, mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, okay. And sometimes what we'll do is we'll turn our head away and we'll go, ah, stop it. And we'll kind of like, like almost like the compliments coming in and we're like batting it away with our hand and hitting it back. Or we're grabbing the compliment and throwing it. No, stop it. You know, and sometimes we have a bashful response and that's okay too. Cause sometimes that's a human response because you're like, Hey, I feel seen. So seen. And mm-hmm. I, I feel so seen that it feels uncomfortable. Yeah. That I feel like I want to reject it because it makes me feel vulnerable and it makes me feel human and connected to. Right. And, and so celebration was always such an interesting interesting time because we really did we had a and we always knew it was coming we knew which day it was and we were just so excited and we wouldn't tell the girls because half of them probably yeah they just wouldn't show up (laughs) yeah they're like there's no way i'm gonna sit and let this person do this yeah and and we had so many rules like we had you know there was a chair at the front and you you know and the only reason we ever had rules was because people would ask if they could do, you know, can mm-hmm. I turn my back to everybody while we do this? Mm-hmm. So we'd say, no, you need to stay facing the front. Well, can I close my eyes? Yeah, you got to keep your eyes. Open. Can, can I put my sweatshirt over my head while we do this? Mm-hmm. And then we also, the only thing that the women could say who were being celebrated was thank you. Mm-hmm. Because. And we had to say that because, mm-hmm. and sometimes it didn't work because I, somebody would try to compliment you and then the person in the chair would just keep talking because mm-hmm. they felt so awkward. The anxiety of being celebrated created word vomit mm-hmm. and then it ate up the time. Well, because remember the first time we did this, we did it with our group of nine ladies mm-hmm. and there was nine of them. And and we thought, OK, well, maybe we should put a timer on this. And then we thought, no, nah, it'll be fine. Well, they celebrated each other for an hour and a half and we didn't even get to the workout. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we had to start You're setting like, a timer okay. because yeah. it turned into this beautiful experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was wonderful. And it's it was so interesting because we also look at I mean, there's so many so many dynamics to this that it's kind of crazy because there was a part of of this that I feel like this was the most awkward and the hardest to address is the like when someone is sitting up there and someone in the group is celebrating them and it all of a sudden turns into like a counseling session. Yeah, like a coach. Or like a coach. And then you look at, and we've spent hours with these ladies. And so we kind of know how some of them function. And um, encouragement is one thing. But then there's also where it kind of turns it back onto you. Where it is um, like, yes, like, okay, this is how I felt when I was in your presence and I love this about you or this this is something that I noticed and I will remember. This is something that I see and I absolutely love. Like those are, that's like where, that's that's the thread that we want. Delightfully and then, honoring and blessing. Mm-hmm. Not correcting, <laughs> um, coaching, coaching and like offering bossy. advice. And a lot of it was like, 
okay, like Sarah, I remember that one time that you were carrying that sandbag and you totally like thought that you couldn't do it and you picked it up and you carried it anyway. And you know what? You need to remember that moment because then when you were talking about when you were struggling in your marriage with your husband and I've been married for 25 years and I can I tell you that, this, that, this, that it's going to get hard. <laughs> it's only going to get harder. And right. And so then all of a sudden it turns into this spiral of like hey it's not about you and you don't have to say like and and so often those ladies were the ones that they actually kind of want credit for the advice that they're giving to the other woman in a sense that is like I actually want to be part of this change in this woman's life or I want to and it's it's not in in like us in a way that is like I'm saying this because I want credit but it's like part of where they find their value well, and also, I can totally agree with you on that. And then there is also the place of just being able to look somebody in the eye and tell them how they've affected you mm -hmm. and just being vulnerable enough to be seen in that way mm -hmm. to for to celebrate another person can also feel just as vulnerable as the one being celebrated. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Because you are, I am letting you know how I have been affected by you. Mm -hmm. And if I am affected by you and I have been affected by you in the most wonderful ways, I can also be affected by you in a lot of different ways, which if we are affected by people, we are vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And if we are vulnerable, we can get hurt. Yeah. Yeah. And if we can get hurt, we may have to pick broken pieces up off of the ground mm -hmm. and so yeah. there's there was this very interesting dynamic and it would be the women that would do this that it wouldn't be with just one person it wasn't like there was a weak woman in the room that you know you just felt like you had to coach her the whole time it was it was the only way that they knew how to connect with people mm -hmm. and there are there are people in the world that the only way that they know how to connect is to tell people what to do mm -hmm. or how to fix their problems or what they should be doing or you know but it's also a, it takes and it deflects off of that person mm -hmm. yeah most definitely and and i think too one of the interesting things that happened as well do you remember this where if you were up sitting at the front and i started instead of talking to you and saying yes lou man when you walked into the room i i felt safe and you have a presence that i wanted to be around i wanted to be next to you because i felt that your power and your belief in yourself was so contagious that I felt like I could believe in myself too. Thank and you. <laughs> you are welcome. I'm, not, I'm actually, that's very true. It's very, very true. I didn't uh. just pull that out of my back pocket. Um, but now listen to how this sounds different. Oh man, girls, Lou, when she walked into to the room, I felt this, 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 and this. And when she, when I would stand next to her, I would feel this, 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 and this. So now instead of addressing you eye to eye, looking at you, I am now talking to the group yeah. about Which, you. And when you're talking, there's not even a group in here and your eyes are 
going right going <laughs> you're going they're going to the right and to the left to the imaginary people that you are talking about me too yeah and you think about that and it's like i'm not even acknowledging you i'm talking about you as if you've passed on yeah if i'm not it's like an obituary yeah where you can still say great things mm -hmm. you know i'm still saying great things and i'm telling the group but it's like looking right at you and it was interesting to see that some women couldn't differentiate between the two things. Yeah. And even when they were reminded, yeah. it was just this default. And so there's more opportunities, you know, yeah. to experience themselves and what they see and also what they see in other people. And one of the coolest things, I think, was having the ladies listen to the other ladies celebrate the woman up front mm -hmm. because they were just like, whoa, yeah. That is what I felt too. Yeah. And so it was this, it, it kind of went below the superficial level and it just, it like, it, it didn't bind them, but it did kind of fit like all of a sudden you just see like these connections where it's like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that moment too. Yeah. And instead of looking at moments of like, oh yeah, in a workout where somebody just couldn't carry a sandbag. It was like they saw something, you know, it just, yeah. it was so much more rich yeah. Um, yeah. than you could ever imagine. Yeah. But yeah. I think the saddest part of watching all of that is how, how so many women would prefer to not go sit up in that chair and be celebrated. Mm -hmm. And that is sometimes the culture that we live in where we don't do this and so some people don't know how to be celebrated mm -hmm. um, and then there are people that struggle you know with false humility and needing somebody to like don't tell me tell me more don't tell me tell me more mm -hmm. right where there's uh, I'm I'm not I don't actually do that yeah. Right. Because we're looking for somebody to actually tell us that we're using that language to manipulate a situation where you then remind me that, no, I am great. Mm -hmm. And so I think that was the hardest part for me was watching it being like, wow, you don't want to go sit up there mm -hmm. and let people talk about you so well. Mm -hmm. That was so hard for me. But you also have to look at the fear that is what if I go sit up there and no one has anything to say mm -hmm. because we didn't go in an order. We didn't go around the room where everybody had one minute. It was, there was five minutes and it was popcorn style. Mm -hmm. And so you could see just this massive fear of I'm going to sit up here and nobody's going to have anything to say. And what that might, like what that must be like to live inside of a body and a mind with a heart that believes that if I get up here, nobody's going to have anything to say. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so good. Um, I'm sitting here debating whether or not to be vulnerable with y'all. And um, I've decided do to it, <laughs> do it, do it. Um, so I know it's not really a secret, but um when we first started Camp 17, I had just recently come out of a 10-year marriage and um, my life was kind of upside down. I left the karate school that I was teaching at. Um, I didn't know what that meant. 
I didn't know um, what my future looked like. Um, there were a lot of things that I was considering and a lot of things I was afraid of. And, um, and so I felt it was a very vulnerable season, but yet also I kept very busy with you starting Camp 17. And so it was, it was a way for me to uh, process a lot because developing it was, okay, how do we help women connect to their whole person, not just their body, right? And so we've talked about like kind of how Camp 17 evolved and it's just so rich. It ended up so rich at the end. Um, it was still rich in the beginning. Um, but I remember, so we did every eight weeks, we had a six week camp. And so we were pumping them out the first year. It was crazy. We did way five. too many, but even then, it was like it, <laughs> we did it, it just just kept going, and it was it was incredible. We just didn't stop, and um, and so during that time, like I felt pretty numb to myself and who I was, and there was a lot of things. There were a lot of things that I still hadn't addressed from my past, and but still working on it. You know, like not feeling like. I mean, there were times that I definitely felt like, oh my gosh, like I can't be leading people right now. I'm a hot mess. And But that was the most beautiful part about leading people is mm -hmm. that the greatest leaders, they have limps and they're mm -hmm. not, they haven't figured it all out. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I'm just so glad that you didn't disqualify, disqualify yourself in the midst of that because it makes you such a more real leader mm -hmm. and an honest human leader where sometimes people can look and go oh well you have no issues you have no problems your your life is perfect you know mm -hmm. all of those all of those things so I think it was I know that it was hard um, and I remember you would say that but it was always such a beautiful part of the process even though for you it felt messy mm -hmm. and it felt like there's no way that I should be talking about this like mm -hmm. I got to figure it all out before I do mm. this, but I just don't think that that's good leadership. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't think so either. So and kudos. Thanks. High thanks five. for saying that, buddy. Way to do it. <laughs> um, so during during that process, I felt, uh, you know, I felt raw and still doing camps and camps were incredible. And I was so inspired by other women and felt um, disqualified because I, I hadn't like, I don't have my my shit together and um and then but then there was a moment where I realized like gosh like me just even facing all of these things is really like my qualifications here um you know like this is what this is like you know I didn't go to I didn't go to college I don't have a, a degree in anything like I always joke I have a six degree black belt <laughs> I don't have a degree in in uh, communications or anything like that, right? So, um, so I always felt like, oh my gosh, like this is this is really difficult for me to stand here and be in leadership. And so, these at the end of the camps, we would do celebration. And I remember the first time that we did celebration, and um, and after we would do it, the ladies were like, "Can we celebrate you?" And I'm like, yeah, like, let's do it. So we'd sit up there and, um, you know, you'd sit up there and then I'd sit up there and 
the same, just the, the cycle was, or the routine was, Lou, you would sit up there and the women would say, you radically changed my life. The things that you taught about connected dots and my marriage is now better than it's ever been. The connection that I have now with my body goes above and beyond anything that I'm right. And they would say these really rich things. And then I would sit up there and the things that were said were, oh my gosh, you had the cutest outfits. Oh my gosh. Like your smile was so inviting every time I saw you. Your laugh, you're just so sweet. You give the best hugs. <laughs> and that was another thing that people would say. You give the best hugs. So I was like, oh, okay. Like, gosh, but did I change your life? Did anything that I say change anything about anything? And I was like, man, maybe I was right. Maybe I'm not supposed to be here, you know, or I'm just not supposed to be here yet. And then the next tribe would come around and I would just be like, well, maybe I just need to do something a little different. And so even just being inspired by you and your best friend, and this is like bringing celebration into real life and just like really looking at my life. And Mind looking, you guys were sitting at the table crying right now. You can't see our faces, but we're both, <laughs> yeah, we're both cupping old uh, crocodile tears yeah. <laughs> as we sit here and talk about this. Uh, and so then the second tribe would come and I was like, all right, well, I did some things a little different. So maybe this will be because this is important. These women are paying to come and have their life changed. And so, and it was the same song and dance, you know, it was the same thing. And I would just be like, man, what do I have to do to, to not necessarily get recognition because I didn't feel like it was recognition. I feel like it was actually like, a pretty smile and a good solid hug is very easily replaceable. Somebody can wear nice shoes and a cute top and that's easily replaceable. And so I was like, oh my gosh, I just really struggled with being replaceable and not having the impact that I wanted to have which was much bigger than this whole thing. And it wasn't resolved or the light wasn't on it until years later when I just wanted something so badly, but I really just needed to be with myself and I needed to be not only a leader, but that work didn't need to be confirmed or affirmed by these women that were around it was what I was showing them because it was all I had. And, and so then the next tribe, so tribe three, and mind you, we've done 20 plus tribes and it was tribe after tribe that it just kind of ended up the same thing. And I remember sitting across from you after one of the things and I'm like, man, can we just not have the girls celebrate us? Because I just don't feel like I can, I can like take this because I just feel, I feel terrified going into celebration because I don't mean to be dramatic, but it was like that every time that we did it up until that point. And I 
feels like I'm like giving everything that I have and this is what they see and this is how they're, they're influenced. And after about, you know, two years, so that's 10 tribes, maybe a little less than 10 tribes, maybe like eight tribes. And then things started to change in my own story. And I remember uh, this one celebration where I was sitting and this one girl said, um, what did she say? She said, it was more poetic than what I'm going to say, but I remember, (laughs) I remember it and I remember it sticking. She was like, man, I just don't really know what to say to you. And then she just kind of like stared at me and she said, you're kind of like salt. And I was like, like salt. And she's like, yeah, you just, when you're not there, like you're really, really, really needed. And she's like, and you just bring out the flavor and things. (laughs) And it was so, and I was like, whoa. And she's like, I just have like, I have no words for your presence. And I was just like, oh my gosh. But it wasn't because I was like fighting for that, but I just realized like, gosh, like what this is, is this is myself, you know, like what am I allowing these ladies to see? And even more crazy is the more vulnerable I got with my teachings, the more I started talking about my marriage and taking responsibility for things and then my life. So the more vulnerable I got, the more raw and real I got, that is when things started to change because I let them see me. And before I was so worried about what I said and how I said it and it needed to be perfect and it needed to be educated and it needed to be spelled right and it needed to be, you know, all of these things just needed to look a certain way so that then, of course, then the outcome would be this. But what's so interesting is not only are you educated and you teach from that place, but you're not up there teaching anatomy I mean you kind of are in some some extent but you also taught from your story from your passion from your life from your wrestle and then the celebration came when people would celebrate you it's because you let them see your wrestle you let them see your passion you let them see your heart and I just wanted them to see what I thought I was supposed to show them and that's why they didn't see anything I didn't even give them anything to see I was trying to hide my story because I was ashamed of it. And then when I started really stepping into this place of being like, girls, like if this happens, like, you know, and it was, it was just so different. And I remember this, the last thing I'm going to say about this, but. um, Keep talking. (laughs) I'm just over here crying. I know. (laughs) Um. I remember this lady had, uh, we've had a couple gals who had redone camp. So this lady had done, I don't remember what tribe it was. I think it was like five. So it was in the first year. And I think she ended up doing like 12 or 13. And so she did five and then she did 12 or 13. So that was like an hour, an hour and a half, a year and a half later. And, um, she, and here we go with celebration again. And I'm sitting up there and I'm like, all right. Okay, it's okay. You're okay. You're okay. And 
she looked at me and she was like, holy shit, Chantel. <laughs> She's like, I don't know what happened to you, but you are a completely different woman than who you were in my first tribe. And I was just like, what? You know? And she's like, you just, and she, she just, she complimented me, but she also, it was very rich. Like she referenced parts of my story, um, that I share. And it was just so powerful because it was like, she saw the difference, but there was just so much redemption in, in what was happening and like how I allow myself to be seen and like the truth. And it doesn't mean that I have to be vulnerable with everyone. It doesn't mean that I have to strip down and be naked and tell everyone parts of my story. However, like that is where my authority has come from, you know, and it's not because I needed it, but because it's actually just part of my story. And how I've fought for it. And, and so it was just, it was such a crazy experience because not, I mean, there's nobody except for you and I who have been through more than, I don't think somebody's done it more than three times. Yeah, I don't think, think so. And so we've seen, we've been celebrated almost 20 times by these women. And man, I tell you what, it was a huge difference, like when I really allowed myself to be seen and allowed my limp to be known. Yeah. And um, yeah, it was just such a shift. Um, Thanks for being vulnerable with everybody. Yeah, you're welcome. I do remember that. Yeah. Yeah. I also remember... the celebration portion sometimes felt like so cringy for me as well mm. because it was like, Oh man, Lou, your intensity and your passion and the way you're just like so direct and you just like say what you're thinking and you just speaking truth. And then everybody's like, Chantel, I love your smile and your hugs and you're so sweet. And I'm like, but am I sweet? Mm. <laughs> yeah. Do I give good hugs? Yeah. Or am I just like fire, fire, yeah. 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 And totally. so in that time, obviously I'm, you know, I'm growing as well and I'm fumbling through this and I'm trying to navigate my way of, of this thing and coming to celebration. And then, you know, does knowing that we're, this is going to come in and it's going to be hard and I probably know what's going to be said. Mm. And I would definitely look back now and say the more settled I've been in that, I really do, I deeply value truth. Mm -hmm. And I had somebody once say to me, she said, Lou, if you don't speak truth, you die. And there are times where I think, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm going to explode if I don't get to speak this, mm. you know? Um, and I deeply value passion mm -hmm. and passion isn't lustful pleasure that just makes us feel good all the time. It's the stuff that we're willing to suffer for and mm -hmm. we're willing to not make a lot of money for, and we're willing to eat peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and bean burritos a lot for, and yeah. like that, those things that give our life 
meaning those things that we do that we answer the call of life. Mm. And I deeply value that. And I can't help but live from that place. Yeah. And then I deeply value being with people Mm -hmm. and knowing that as much as I would like to do this for you, I actually can't. And it would be an injustice if I did. Yeah. And so sometimes that doesn't feel sweet and kind and cuddly and like a nice hug and a smile Mm -hmm. and so and that's okay yeah but the more that I have actually accepted those things that I do value and who I am and not despising them or wishing that I was different or wishing that I was more fun or that I was more more like you and Mm -hmm. I was sweeter and the the sweeter tender more tender more soft better hugs i probably give now as i've just accepted fire yeah yeah that's good and so there there was this like such this interesting balance which i think has been one of the coolest things in our friendship of watching each other grow mm-hmm. and seeing how we're so different and there's so many parts of who we are that Um, The other person is not and Mm -hmm. being able to get to grow into that or being inspired by it and and, you know, realizing, gosh, like I I want to I want to function in a more playful manner, but I just actually don't really know how. Yeah. But I want to learn how and I know that nobody else is going to do it for me. Right. Nobody's nobody is going to come and give me my breakthrough. Yeah. Nobody is going to come and like give me passion Mm -hmm. Uh, that is something that I intrinsically have to pull on and I have to find yeah and I have to choose to walk in Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I get to do that or I get to not yeah that's good that's really good yeah I remember that too even just like when you were when we'd have the conversation and And it is like, I feel like it's things that we value and, you know, because I, I also like would see you like be fiery and passionate. I'm just like, gosh, I really want to be more like that, (laughs) you know? And then when you'd say those things about things that I was good at and just meeting people where they were at, I was just like, gosh, like it's just, it's, it's not because we want what we don't have, yeah, but it is saying and it's not saying that we don't want to be who we are you know it's like that that conversation that we've had multiple times in classes where there's a difference between inspiration and impersonation yeah and are we are we being inspired by another person to engage with another part of ourselves that might look like them However, it's going to look like us. It doesn't need to look like them. And so it is like that. It's that same. It's like um, being inspired to have original thought. You know, it's being inspired to have like ourselves be a part of the conversation as much as it's the words that are coming out of our mouths. It's how we're communicating 
who we are and what we value, just like what you said. I mean, the, and it's been, it's been really very cool to see you grow, you know, or just be like, Hey, was that funny? Be like, heck yeah, that was funny. (laughs) Do you remember when I was like, Hey buddy, when you say something funny, it's okay to laugh at yourself. And you were like, really? (laughs) Cause I remember you would say funny things when you would be teaching and I'm like, Oh, like that was so or I good. just didn't even know it was funny. Yeah. And you would be kind of shocked when people would laugh. I'm like, it's okay for you to laugh too. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. You know? And I, I, you know, I talk about this now because it's the space that I'm in. And you would do the same thing with me. You'd be like, hey buddy, it's okay to tell people the truth. <laughs> You're like, even if it hurts their feelings, mm. like that's okay. Like that's what they need to hear is they need to, the reason why you're so frustrated right now it's because you're not telling them the truth. Mm. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> well, it's really not that easy, but I'm going to trust you. <laughs> it's not easy. Yeah. Most of the time when I, now that I look at like when I'm, I'm frustrated with my clients, I don't even remember how long ago you had that conversation with me, but it was a long time ago. When I'm frustrated with my clients, I'm like, am I telling them the truth? And it's not in like you're lying to them. Yeah. It's just you're not bringing something to their attention. Yeah. You don't want to rock the boat. Yeah. Or like you don't like to do hard things. That's why you're frustrated. That's why you're mad at me right now. <laughs> yeah. It's not my fault. <laughs> you know, it's not my fault. Yeah. Like it's, it's, let's, let's reevaluate here. Yeah. 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 For real. I interrupted you. I'm sorry. I, I'm, I've been in a season. And it feels like it's lasting a really long time. Oh, sing it, girl. <laughs> sing it. <laughs> Self-compassion is hard to do. <laughs> oh, man. Boots and cats. Boots and cats. I can't, I don't feel like I can grab the microphone like I would want to if I was about to like rap. About to drop a beat. Drop a beat. Okay, that was great. Anyways, I've been in on a, in a, on a self-compassion journey since March. And I just, I've been reading a book called Self-Compassion by a woman named Kristen Neff. And the book is brilliant. It's amazing. It's wonderful. It's awesome. It is also really hard. It's really, really hard. But in this, you know, I'm, I'm listening to both of us talk and I'm, I, I constantly come back to the definition that she gives. And I don't know the exact definition, but basically the ability to have compassion is to be present and mindful in a moment of common humanity and then being kind of to ourselves in the midst of it. Mm-hmm. And common humanity being, it could be an error. It could be a mistake. It could, ju- we're having a human experience mm-hmm. that is not really put together and uh, it might look a little bit messy or it's broken or, you know, we messed up and we made a mistake or whatever, but this ability to, to be kind to ourselves in the midst of being human mm. and being aware that I am being human and I am going to intentionally be kind. Mm. And 
one of the threads through the book is that there's a lot of belief around self-compassion. That is, if I become compassionate towards myself, like I'm going to become soft and I'm going to become weak and I'm going to let myself off the hook for everything and I'm not going to become accountable to everything. So I just need to like work on my self-esteem. And there's so much to this book, but the thing that I am learning the most is that in these moments where we're deeply struggling with who we are and what we're wrestling through and our own common humanity, the more self-compassion we can have, the more present we get to be in moments and just realize that this is where I am and this is okay. Mm -hmm. And I'm not the only one. That's the part of common humanity as well as it. I'm just not the only one that's struggling like this and I don't need to over identify myself with it. Mm, that's good. And so even in that season where, you know, you're you're not cut out for leadership and you're, you know, you have no business teaching people anything had I had the tool of self-compassion, right? I could have offered it up of you are exactly where you need to be mm-hmm. and these women are getting exactly what they need from you right now Mm -hmm. because it really is what you have to give Mm -hmm. because you you could not give more Mm -hmm. yeah i definitely did not and there's the capacity there is if you've ever been hugged by Chantel or looked at and smiled at while she hugs you she's her who she is as a person is so disarming Mm. and not in a like I'm going to disarm you so I can hurt you or like pull the gun out of your hand really fast and turn it back on you, you know, Mm. or take the knife out. But it is so disarming and you, you can, you, you love to love the prickliest of the ones. Mm. Right. And that is what our friendship has been is that I was a really prickly one and you were so disarming and you let me be me. Mm. Like when you just hug people and you smile, sometimes you let people be, And in that letting be, they get to go, oh, I don't want to stay the same. I don't Mm -hmm. want to be the same. Mm -hmm. But I feel safe enough with you that I know that I can be who I am. You're going to allow me to be there. But I'm also going to become aware that I actually don't want to stay here. Mm -hmm. So what is it that I need to do in order to move myself out of this space and also knowing you're not going to move me out of this space. Yeah, I, that's good. I, you might hand me a can of WD-40 mm-hmm. and you might like spray some in this place that I feel stuck so I can just like slide right out. Mm-hmm. But I think that the like some of the greatest like the greatest superpower that you have is that you are so you're so you know, dangerous in being a six degree black belt, but you're so kind and so gentle. Mm. And so you have this like really well balancedness that I think that who you are as a woman is just so balanced. You really are dangerous and you are so kind. Mm. And so you get to find yourself in the middle of those spaces where now you're starting to believe, oh yeah, okay. Mm. I can wield this sort of truth and I can say the things that people don't necessarily want to hear. Mm -hmm. But now you have this already kindness, gentleness, compassion that you have for people um, and empathy and grace and all of that, that now you get to say, but I'm going to speak truth at the same time, Mm. right? Where I had truth and there was a part of me that was afraid to be vulnerable and that was afraid to be, um, 
not necessarily afraid to be gentle and kind, but like, if I'm, if I'm gentle, will you stab me? Yeah. You know, if I'm, if, if I'm, I'm gentle, soft I mean, and tender, am I, how vulnerable am I to destruction? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm also an Enneagram eight. And so there really is this, this place of like early on belief of that self-protection is the primary and being vulnerable is dangerous. Mm -hmm. And so in being in business with you these last eight years and getting to be able to like watch who you are in action and be inspired by who you are and know that I'm never going to be like you. Mm -hmm. But I also see that the places where I thought, Oh, if I'm going to be a leader, I need to probably be very serious, you know, not joke around too much. Don't be too playful because then people won't take you seriously. Yeah. But then watching you joke, you know, like be silly, be playful, tell jokes and people still listen to you. Yeah. Right. But then also being able to find the balance on the other side of like, oh, you're not actually listening to me. Okay, here I come. Mm -hmm. Listen, like I'm only going to say this once, yeah. you know, and then you come in <laughs> yeah. with the directness that that is where I just feel like there's been this like really cool balance mm. of who we've both become over these last eight years, even as we're like wrapping up this part of the podcast, it just feels like like a memory lane walk of yeah. friendship and growth yeah. as individuals and, totally. you know, coming and talking about this and knowing that we've been in business together for almost I mean we were starting to dream of this eight years ago mm -hmm. I mean it was it was November of 2015 when we really started to like put mm -hmm. stuff down on paper mm -hmm. and um and to know that like we're still friends mm -hmm. we're better friends than we were before I trust you more than I've ever trusted you I've grown probably more than I've ever grown in my entire life um and and I'm not going to say vice versa for you, but also knowing that it's been so hard and it's been so challenging and it's been so fun mm -hmm. and it's been so exciting and it's been so hard and yeah. it's been so fun. Yeah. And so many seasons of different growth. Yeah, um, I totally agree. And it's it's very um, it's been life giving for sure. And not just life giving, but transformative. You know, it's like surrounding, like not necessarily surrounding myself because you're one person, you know, you being in front of me and us being in business together, we just get to see so many really cool dynamics of uh, not only just like with family, with clients, with each other, with business and with dating. <laughs> yeah, with dating. <laughs> no, gosh. And that's also been kind of it, when you do get to see what I believe about certain things and what you believe about certain things. And it's like, whoa, actually those are, that's actually really important. Mm -hmm. And I didn't even consider that. Yeah. And looking at the balance that we both have found, but then also like you had mentioned how, how much of a struggle it really is, you know, yeah. to, to fight for that balance. But it also requires such trust in the people that you surround yourself when you do enter into a season of just truth. And um, like I've said this to you many times and I feel like it's just changed something in my person um, where like I never have to wonder whether or not you're telling me the truth ever. 
Like there's not one time. And that's so crazy to me because sometimes I honestly look for moments where I'm like, you know, I'm not like, it's not like, I'm, I'm not looking for places where you're lying to me, but I'm just like, how can she just tell the truth all the time? You know, and it's not like it's that hard. Sometimes it just comes out. And I'm, and I'm talking. Yeah, Bro, the pen is <laughs> Yeah. Oh man, um, little liar, liar. Uh, yeah, quote there. But um, and that's just so. It's just so inspiring in a sense that is like that is so powerful and it's so transformative in just the. Even in like, and I'm not talking about like lying about something, hiding something. I'm talking about like whether or not you actually want to do something. I never have to wonder <laughs> whether or not you actually want to do it, right? Or um, like what you think about something. You're going to tell me exactly what you think about it. And I know that some sometimes that is just so hard. Oh, it is. But it also is... Uh, it's just changed the way that I have thought about truth because truth is so comforting if you are okay with the resistance, if you're okay with the tension, right? And so I have learned to become more okay with tension and resistance being your friend and your business partner. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which I know that might like make you want to like cringe, but it's really important. Yeah. It's extremely, it's like, it's people's ability to engage with life and without that ability or without even that acknowledgement of like sometimes your resistance, your passion, your volume can be overwhelming sometimes, but not to the point to where it's like, okay, like knowing it's like, it's like medicine, you know, it doesn't have to taste sweet. Mm. It's medicine. It's supposed to do something. Like it's supposed to, it's not supposed to be this, it's not always supposed to be so easily digestible. Sometimes you, you like need to be rocked. And I've said this about you before where like you shake people awake and it really is what the majority of humanity absolutely needs. And it's a gift that is like, I'm just so grateful that you aren't, that you haven't shut that down mm. because you would die i'd probably die yeah. i'd implode on myself yeah you wouldn't be able to do it like you're i feel like you are absolutely incapable of doing it and I, I would have to abandon completely who i am and i would probably become very sick mm -hmm. yeah well yes yeah yeah like physically very ill you would be because you would be abandoning yourself yeah. denying really your initial uh, draw or pull to truth. Like even just you and I talk and when you leave, client or clients leave, sometimes you're just like, oh, and I'm like, hey, it's good. Like they needed that. And you're like, man, I just wish I wasn't the person that always had to say these things. And I'm like, yeah, but you are that person and you're really good at it because they trust you. Like truth without trust, like it doesn't stick. Yeah. Like you are such a trustworthy human and you carry such truth. And then not only that, but in just you, you growing and becoming 
a little more soft. Like you're, you are a big softy. I mean, we're talking about <laughs> this, like you're this fire, but you are very tender. With a marshmallow middle. <laughs> <laughs> you really are. You're very tender human. And I remember like me, I would get to see it because I was so close to you. However, not a lot of people got to see it because it was vulnerable, right? It's dangerous. Yeah. And now it's like you have this balance that is, it is like a superpower, Mm. you know, because it is, it's like, okay, she's there, she's fire, but she's also really tender and she's going to see you and you're going to let her see you. And when that happens, that's when it's scary because you're like, oh, I trust her. And so, and I just think that you have wielded that sword so well and you have, you have not only like nurtured this ability, but you also take it very seriously. Like you don't take it lightly. It's not like you're like, oh yeah, got all the truth and got all the passion. And now I've got like this trust too. People trust me. Like you don't take it lightly. You're like, people are trusting me. So this is really important. Yeah. And so when they invite you into that space, like you, you steward it, Mm, you know? So do you know what we just did accidentally? What did we We do? We basically just celebrated the shit out of each other for the last, (laughs) I'm not sure how long. (laughs) What a great way to end it, (laughs) huh? Yeah. So some really practical things that people could do to begin to practice this. Personally, if somebody compliments you, just say thank you. Mm -hmm. Don't rebuttal. Like, don't rebuttal. Also, don't celebrate people for how they're more like you. Yeah. I like you because you're like me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I love it when you complain because it makes me feel better about me complaining. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. What other things could people do to start practicing the the pillar of celebration in Mm. their life? I think uh, a good way, um, you know, when you celebrate other people, you could also celebrate yourself too, you know, Um, but just acknowledging how your body feels when you're around people that you love and that you like and you enjoy being around. And so do you feel more relaxed? Mm. Do you feel uh, like time just passes by? Do you feel right? And this is a good way to even gauge the health of your relationships too. Um, like just acknowledge like how your body feels when you're around people that, um, that even like in the gym, like, or people that you gravitate towards and then just wondering why does this person, why do I like this person so much, you know, and begin to wonder about people, um, I think is also a really good place to start. Yeah. And I think practically just, you know, walking by a coworker and, letting them know something that you really appreciate about them mm-hmm. without making it weird and it, not being about their hair or their clothes or their makeup or, you know, or like mm-hmm. I just saw somebody walking by who might struggle with this and like 
pulling out a piece of paper from their pocket and like reading from a piece of paper. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is, yeah. these are the things well, that, that I like about you. that could be a good you. step too. Like r- just write a text or yeah. send a note or something. That that could also be a really great thing. Get a group of friends together and put somebody in the hot seat and just mm-hmm. celebrate them. We like to, um, at the gym on for birthday workouts, when ladies come in for their birthday workouts at the end during the stretching time, people are just letting that woman know what they appreciate about her and what they love about her and mm-hmm. what they see in her and just making it something that's not weird. It just, it is. And it's a, it's that lifestyle mm. of turning the attention from ourselves to honor, mm. delightfully honor, bless and speak well of others. Mm-hmm. That's so good. Yeah. That's so good. And also what's helpful too is even what you're saying, like when you receive, like even how in the beginning I was saying, just like put your hand on your heart and you can maybe even just like a, mm. you're like make a sound. Like acknowledge that it landed. Acknowledge, you know, make eye contact and just say, hey, thanks. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. It's good. All right. So ladies, we will have, we actually do have, we're going to make some. Ad- gentlemen. Gentlemen. You know, yes. All the people. All the peeps. Um. We will have, we're going to make some adjustments to our 2024 schedule a little bit. Um, Maybe even some language change. Yes. Some clarification about our workshops. A little bit more clarity. Um, We are also going to, I'm going to say it out loud right now. And uh, we are going to have a coaches course that is going to come up in 2024. And so if you are a coach, male or female, if you coach inside of a CrossFit gym, outside of a CrossFit gym, any gym, if you're a personal trainer in a Globo gym, out of your garage, you can benefit from knowing more about a woman's menstrual cycle and the nervous system and how breath and nutrition and movement affect um, the state of your person every day um, mm-hmm. that can help with uh, regulating your your period um it can help with relieving stress you sleeping better lots of menopause yeah perimenopause menopausal um postpartum pregnancy um a lot of things that are very simple um however there's there's a lot to be known and discovered in this area and so um so we want to share that with anybody who wants to know more about it and so look out for that maybe in the spring yeah is uh kind of what we're looking for just keep an eye out you can follow us on drop gym effect e-f-f-e-c-t effect on instagram you can also that's our more of our global community our local gym community you can also find us on instagram at drop gym medford you can find chantelle at chantelle.dayton on instagram Mm -hmm. you can find me at lou crenshaw on instagram you can also find all sorts of things that we do what we're about where we're located etc on dropgym.com at our website yes we appreciate you liking subscribing commenting sharing sharing send this to send this to somebody send yeah. it to them um or post share. it on social media that you're listening to it yeah that would be great be People very be helpful like, wait who's dear life i'm in what's yeah. this all about we really truly uh value connection organic um, an organic growth. And so even in like, so you telling the people that you love is organic to us, right? We're not 
buying or selling um, like followers. I don't you know can if you sell can't followers. sell followers. <laughs> can you sell followers? <laughs> if you can, that'd be. <laughs> Get in. Uh, I'm sure somebody is selling followers. Yes, it is. This not is just us. way above our pay grade, and way outside of the boundaries of what we yeah, are or anything of. that I want to be doing with <laughs> <Yeah>. my life. <laughs> what do you do for a living? Uh, well, I sell people I fake s- followers. <laughs> yeah, I just feel so fulfilled in my life. <laughs> it's oh, my gosh. calling. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. All right. Um, well, yeah. Thanks for listening, um, Lou. Do you have a joke for us? Oh my gosh. Um, How do you catch a unique rabbit? Oh, tell me. Unique up on it. Oh, how do you catch a tame rabbit? I don't know how. Tame way. Unique up on it. (laughs) Oh, that's good. That is really good. You know, it's so funny as I was about to say a joke and then you asked me, it was Mm -hmm. like you read my very mind. Well, I was going to say it and then I'm like, no. There we go. Would you like to end us on a joke? No, I think that's good. Okay. I think we should just uh, let you on that one. All right. Well, until next time, thank you for joining us at this podcast titled Dear Life, I'm In. Mm -hmm. Bye-bye, y'all. We out.